We're in a new series here, Games People Play. And uh, we've been talking about these games. I mean, we love, we love playing games, don't we? I mean, some games uh, we find fun. Some are challenging. Some of them encourage teamwork. Others encourage fighting. Uh, figure that one out. That's people that have played games with my family. <laughs> so, you know, some, some games are revealing and others rely on intrigue. Some have luck. Others require strategy. There was a game introduced in the early 80s that was a huge hit. It was Trivial Pursuit. You know, today there are over 70 different uh, editions of Trivial Pursuit. There's a Star Wars edition. There's a Disney animated edition, a pop culture, Millennium, you know, 60s only. Here, here we have the uh, genus uh, edition. This is the original, the, the real McCoy here. I was, some of you are going, that's older than I am. But uh, anyway, I can remember get, getting this game. How many of you have played the game? Let me see hands. All right. I mean, it's a popular game. Basically, the object is to kind of move around the board. And uh, as you're moving around, you try and answer questions. And... Uh, Let's see if we can get the six categories, all right? The, the original edition. Give me categories. Entertainment. Geography. Arts and literature. Sports. Sports and leisure. Yeah. Science. History. There we go. That's, uh, that's all of them. Very good. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. So. Oh, they're on the board. Oh, good. Okay. Well, well. (laughs) You're a very bright bunch. (laughs) Yeah, that'll 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 teach me to just off the cuff decide to do something, huh? Yeah. I I was amazed for a minute. I thought, wow, they're pretty good. So, all right. Well, the object is to take your uh, plane piece and to fill, fill the pie, as they call it, with the different wedges from answering the right questions. And you get a wedge from each category, and ultimately then you head into the hub and you get a master question. And, and the box right on it, it, it boasts uh, on the side here, says, What mighty contests rise from trivial things? Trivial Pursuit, it's a fun game. It's a challenging game. But friends, I want to talk about something much more important. I mean, how to keep from living a life, randomly moving around from space to space, and from getting to the end of life, having a lot of trivial pursuits, but feeling empty inside feeling like somehow you you miss something. You know, I think life's anything but trivial. And and so what I want to do is look at how how do you start pursuing life in a way that you make the most use of your time? And what I'm not going to tell you this morning is how to get more done in less time. Because I am convinced you already have too much stuff in your schedule. You know, it's already too overloaded. What I want to talk about is how you make the most of your time. When, when you're in good situations, 
or just awful situations. So that what, what happens is life does not get reduced to just some trivial pursuits in life. You know, I talk to people on a regular basis that are kind of moving around the board of life, and all of a sudden things change. Boom. Not what you planned. Not what you want. But it changes. You know, Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon, I, it's going to give us some wisdom, I think, for living life to the fullest. Uh, and I know that some of the things I'm going to say this morning are going to sound trivial. I understand that. But trust me, these things are critical. They're critical. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1, let, let's read together. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Now, I've got a history question for you this morning. How many of you have had good things happen in your life? Let me see your hands. All right, how many of you have had bad things happen in your life? All right, just checking. How many of you have had both those things? What do you do? Here's the key question. What do you do in the good times? What do you do in the bad times? Because Solomon's going to say the answer is the same. And that is accept God's purpose. I mean, have you figured this one out yet? That God will use everything to accomplish his purpose. God, God doesn't cause everything. I want to be clear on this. God doesn't cause everything, but God will use everything. Good or bad... It's an intricate part of life. You know, in fact, Solomon, he's going to pick out 28 different times of life, uh, seasons, cross-sections, you might say. And and he's going to point out the contrasts to us and say, take a look at these. You know, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Some things are totally out of our control, aren't they? I mean, like when you're going to be born and when they're going to have your funeral. I don't get to choose those. And the fact is that God knew the very moment that I would take my first breath, God already knew it. And God also knows when I'll take my last breath in life. He says there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up or to uproot. You know, there's a time when you put roots down. You stay where you are. You stick. And there are other times you uproot. You get up and you move and you start doing things. And I've figured this out. Oftentimes, God uproots me when I don't want to be uprooted. I mean, he just that's how God works. That's how time works, you know. You know, there's a time to be healed and a time to kill. Contrast. Time to build and a time to tear down. Time to laugh and a time to weep and a time to mourn and a time to dance. You know, and as a pastor, I get to ride the roller coaster with people. You know, sometimes I'm celebrating with the family at the birth of a baby. And other times I'm mourning with families. They've lost a loved one. But they're both part of life. It's a combination of good and bad. It's a combination of negatives and positives, pain and pleasure. I mean, life's divided up like that. It says there's a time to gather stones. And a time to scatter stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. Time to search, and a time to give up. 
difficulties knowing which one I need to do and when I need to do it. You know, there's a time to keep and a time to throw away. And let me tell you something on this one. You know, if a keeper and a pitcher marry, it's a problem. Isn't it? How many, of you, how many of you married someone that likes to pitch everything and someone else likes to say, I mean, sparks fly, man. It, it creates havoc. And uh, Solomon says, yeah, it's both of those. It's both of those. You know, there's a time to mend and a time to tear and a time to speak and a time to be silent. That one jams me up a lot. There are times you've got to speak up. You ought to speak. You ought to say what needs to be said. And there are times that love, you just need to shut up. I mean, at least you should. That's how it works sometimes. Time to love and a time to hate. You know, I, I think about the fact that the Bible teaches we're never to hate anyone. But we're to hate what they do sometimes. We're to hate sin. The Bible says we ought to hate uh, prejudice. We ought to hate injustice. We ought to hate when people are mistreated or abused. But there's times in life to love and there's times to hate. And you've got to figure that one out. There's a time for peace and a time for war. In other words, sometimes you just don't have an alternative. You know, when tyranny is kind of uh, violating human rights. Sometimes you've got to take a stand. And Solomon's point is 14 positives in life. And 14 negatives. And they all have a place in your life and mine. It's a combination of good and bad, but they're all in our lives. He goes on in verse 11. He says, everything is appropriate in its time. Notice he doesn't say everything that is pleasant is appropriate. Now, let's be honest. Wouldn't we have perfect lives if we had our way about us? I mean, no problems, no pain, no limitation, no negatives. We'd like that, right? You'd be a spoiled brat if that was true. I mean, if we got everything the way we wanted, and honestly, our lives would be messed up because God says, you know what? Everything, good and bad, has its place. Everything in an appropriate time. What's everything mean? Everything. Does it mean loss? Yes. Does it mean illness? Yes. Does it mean relational difficulties? Divorce? Yes. Does it mean financial disaster? Yes. God says, you know what? I'll use all of that. I'll use all that stuff. You know, the NIV says, God makes everything beautiful in its time. I like that. In other words, God can take something really bad and bring something good out of it. Notice I didn't say it's a good thing that happens to you, but God can bring good out of it. God can bring beauty out of the ashes. God brings everything together and uses it and brings about good if Jesus Christ is at the center of your life. Think about that. That's powerful. Some, some of you, uh, I know, you think, well, the only time I'm really in God's will is when I'm like at a Bible study or praying or like this morning at church i'm in god's will and friends i want to tell you you're in god's will when god's in the center of your life when god's front and foremost you know that's when you're in god's will god god takes through the good and the bad and god will use it if you let him but he's got a purpose you know sometimes life i think it, it knocks us around it leaves us kind of dizzy 
You know, you look around and the terrain's not very familiar. I got a question for you. It's geography here. When things go south in your life, when you find yourself in, in this state, state of confusion, what do you do? What do you do? I want to suggest you trust God. When you don't understand, when inside you're screaming, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? Trust God. You know, he writes Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, everything in its appropriate time, God has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, God cannot see the whole, or people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. In other words, God's placed eternity in your heart. You, you were born with a desire to know the future. Keeps you awake at night, doesn't it, sometimes? You know, the ability to, to look down the road. And friends, when you can look down the road, there's hope. You know, we've got that desire for immortality. You know, it's what separates you from the animals. You know, your dog and cat, they're thinking about the next meal. You know, they're not thinking about retirement or, you know, eternity. They're they're not thinking about those kind of things. But God planted that in your heart. He planted that in your heart. And the problem is we have a very limited perspective. You know, God's plans are so big that it's hard to get your mind around sometimes. In fact, if you could get your mind around all of it, you would be God. You can't know it all. You can't see the, everything. You just see the present. God, God looks at the end results in life. You know, and here, here's the point. When you're in a difficult situation, what do you see? You see the pain. You don't see the finished product. You see the pain. God sees the finished product. You know, you see the ugly cocoon of life, but God sees the transformed butterfly. God's able to see way beyond. And some of you in your life, uh, you're you're just struggling. But I want to tell you, God can bring beauty out of the ashes. You know, some of you, you focus on the external. God's focusing on the internal. You know, some of you focus in the here and now, and God's focused on eternity. He's looking at the bigger picture. You know, when your geographic location, when your world gets rocked, you've got to trust God. You've got to trust God. God. God will say to you, you know, don't make a snap judgment here. Just because something looks wrong, just because something looks unfair in your life, you just don't know. You don't know don't know the implications of everything you know jesus said in john 13 he says you don't realize now what i'm doing but later on you will understand even when you don't understand god's working even when you're you're frustrated god's working you know even when you're confused god's working you just have to trust god you can't figure it all out it'll drive you crazy you know paul says in the first chapter he says This happens so that we might learn to trust, not in ourselves, but in God. There comes a point in your life, 
in your Christian walk where you've got to say, you know what, God, I do not know how you're going to work this out. I don't know how you're going to get me through. I don't know how this is all going to come together, but I'm going to trust you because I know. I know you've got my best interest at heart. I know that you're going to teach me through this, you know, but I'll trust you. I'm going to trust you, God, with my life. You just have to get to a point where you can just trust. I mean, when you find yourself in that great state of confusion, let me tell you what happens if you don't do that. You know, if you decide that somehow you're, you're going to fight against that and not trust God, you'll find yourself in another geographic location. It's a state of resentment where you resist, uh, you react to your situations. And if you stay there long enough, what happens is you quit living. You just endure. You know, you ask people, you go, how's it going? I'm just getting by, man, just getting by. But when you trust God, hear this, when you trust God with your future, you find hope. You find hope even when you don't think it exists. Here's a trivia question for you. Art and literature. All right? Now I need you to, you're going to answer this one for me. Ready? What tense is the verb in this sentence? All the English teachers are like, ooh, ooh, good. The earth revolves around the sun. Present tense. Very good. Very good. The key to making the most of your time is live in the present. Live in the present. It sounds trivial, doesn't it? It's huge. It it makes life, it it sets life in the right place. You know, utilize the time you have now. Don't waste the time. Don't waste the present. You know, do good while you have the opportunity. He writes, he says, there's nothing better for men and women than to be happy and do good while they live. You're going to find that when you live beyond yourself in life, and we talk about that a lot here, that that's true living. You know, Paul writes, he says, God created us for life and good works, which he already prepared for us to do. God didn't put you on this earth to live for yourself. In fact, that will mess you up big time. Some of the most unhappy people I know are people that they're all about themselves. And when you figure out that you shift that, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, we get, we get what, 60, 80, 100 years if we're lucky? And then what? We die. And then eternity. And friends, I'm here to tell you that the present life flies by. The older I get, the more I realize. I used to think my grandpa, when he'd go, man, life's so fast. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like it's getting faster and faster and faster. You know, and so how we live in this life, our relationship with God is going to have a lot to say about our eternity. It is. You know, the fact is that our present impacts our eternity. God created us for good works. And if, I guess the question is, are you doing those good works? Because if you're not, I want to suggest that you get intense in your life. 
and you live in the present. You, you shift gears and say, you know what? The present is important. You know, Proverbs 3, we looked at Proverbs a while back, but it says, whenever possible, do good. Whenever possible, do good in your life. Do what you can while you can. Present tense, present tense, not, well, someday I'll do it. Do it now. Don't push it off. Yeah, I mean, when I die, do not send flowers. Seriously, I will not appreciate it. I won't. Send them now, you know. (laughs) It's like, think about it. Think about all the things. It's all messed up. We put off. We put off. Too many people are always waiting for someday. They're going to get ready one of these days. One of these days. Live in the present. Live in the present. Do it now. Make the shift in in your philosophy and the way that you live. Regardless of the situation that you're in, you need to live in the present now. You need to do good because you know what, friends? It's all you got. It's all you got in life. You know, someone told me early in my life, they said, do your giving while you're living. And I thought, you know what? That's a pretty good way to live. You know, do it today. Write a card to that person. Make a call. Encourage someone. Step out of your comfort zone. Quit putting it off. Don't procrastinate. Let me tell you, procrastination, it will steal your present and it will steal your future from you in a heartbeat. Here's the next question. We're going to go orange. What's orange? Ah, you don't have a cheat sheet now. Sports and leisure. All right? This number one hit by Jim Croce. Tried to save blank in a bottle. Time. Wow. No cheat sheet and all. Woo. All right. Friends, you cannot save time in a bottle. But you know what you can do? You can appreciate the time. It's a gift from God. You can appreciate the time you've been given. And I don't think it's a mistake, or it wasn't when I was putting this together to go orange... Because I was thinking about highway signs and warnings, you know, you know, fresh oil, detour, closed road. And I think, this is my point, that there is warnings all around this point. Appreciate every moment as a gift from God. You've, you've got to get that one straight in life. Because if you don't get this, you'll miss most of life. And you go, well, it's good and bad. I'm, when I'm good, I enjoy it. But when it's bad, I don't enjoy it. Have you figured out you'll spend as much time in both waters, sometimes both at the same time? And if you, in those bad times, don't appreciate God and appreciate the time you're given, life will blow by and you will waste it. Ecclesiastes 3.13 says all of us should eat and drink and enjoy what we've worked for, it's a gift from God. I went and saw the movie uh, uh, Kung Fu Panda with my grandson. He gave me an excuse. And there's a great line in there. It says, today's a gift. That's why they call it the present. I like that. I mean, what do you do with a gift? You, you enjoy it. And friends, God wants you to enjoy life, not endure it, not put up with it, not tolerate it. He wants you to enjoy it. Ecclesiastes, he writes in chapter 11, 
however many years a person may live, let them enjoy them all. Live life to the fullest. Two things you're to do with your life. Do good and be happy. And friends, it's not an accident. Those are connected. You can't have one without the other. Do good and what? You'll be happy. You be happy, you'll do good. You know, use your time wisely. They're connected. You don't deserve the time that you're given. You can't earn the time. But live each moment with an attitude of gratitude. You know, if you won the lottery today, and let's just say you won the lottery and your prize was going to be $86,000 and 400 extra for the day. And every day, you're going to get that amount of money. Every 24 hours, that kind of money is going to end up in your hand. And you don't know when it's going to run out. You don't know if tomorrow you're going to get it and the day after that. But you just know that today you've got that. And so you've got this money, no strings attached. But here's the deal. You have to use it, every penny of it. Because at the end of the day, whatever you didn't spend... You lose. You don't, you don't get to carry it over to the next day. Here's what I'll bet. You would become experts at spending that money. Every single dollar. You'd go, I got a dollar left. I got to get rid of this. I mean, you would spend the money. And the fact is that God gives you every single morning when you wake up 86,400 seconds and he puts it in your daily account and you get to use it any way that you want But if you don't use it, you lose it. And you don't get to enjoy it. Friends, time's a gift from God. Use it. Use it wisely. Enjoy it. You know, I like what Paul says. He says, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. This is vital to happiness. That's a vital scripture. You've got to embed that in, in your brain. You know, anyone that, that struggles, if you get a hold of this, it is the secret to happiness. It's the ability to accept life as it comes to you, not the way you plan, maybe, but as it comes to you, not always living for something else, not always longing for something else in your life. Paul says, you know what, I've learned. I've learned to be content. Content is something you learn. It's not natural. In fact, it's counterintuitive. And here's my question, and these are not trivial questions. Are you enjoying life? Are you content? Are you thankful for what you have? Or are, are you always comparing yourself, you know, wishing you had that situation or that, or you're complaining about what you don't have in in life because, friends, you have to learn to be grateful for what you've got. So here's the question. You're grateful or ungrateful? Grateful? Ungrateful? Grateful? Because in gratefulness, you find contentment. Now I'm going to go green here. Science. How many of you like science and nature questions? You know, all the analytics, man, they go, man, I love that stuff because it's solid. It's fact-oriented. You know, none of this feely stuff and trivial stuff. This is important stuff, right? I'm right about that, aren't I? Because that's how, that's how we think. Here's a question. A term dating back to the 14th century to describe a narrative 
or record of events. What is it? Come on. An account. You weren't good. We should have had a cheat sheet for that one, right? An account. And I think this one's going to make some of you go green. You have to live life preparing to give an account of your life someday. Because you're going to give an account to God. You're going to give an account of how you used your time. Chapter 3, it says, God will call the past to account. He goes on in verse 17, if you read on down, it says, God will be the judge of the good and the bad because a time for every purpose and for every work has been fixed by him. Why, why is God going to ask for an account of your time? Friends, your time is your life. It's the most precious commodity that you have. Time is more important than, than money. I mean, money is a renewable resource. You only have X amount of time. You can't buy more. You can't get more. You know, I was a big ELO fan uh, growing up, and on one of their albums, Face the Music, there's some backmasking, which means you can play the, uh, the old records. You can play them backwards. How many of you remember what the... How many ELO fans out there, anyway? People are going, ELO, what's that mean? Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, but when you played it backwards, it said the music is reversible, but time is not. Turn back, turn back, turn back. And oh man, we used to we'd do that for hours. Go check this out, man. You know, and play it backwards. You get 168 hours every week, no more, no less. You can't go back. You can't capture it. Time's your most precious commodity that you have. And wasting it, friends, not smart, not smart. If you're wasting your time, you're wasting your life. Paul writes in chapter 14, he says, So then each of us will give an account to God. Now, I want to be clear, because a lot of times people get confused here a little bit. If you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, if you've asked for forgiveness of your sins, you've given God the reins in your life, okay? You're a Christian. You're not going to be judged for your sins. That was taken care of on the cross. All right? This isn't a situation where you stand before God and you go, man, am I going to heaven or hell? Oh, you know, and that's not what we're talking about. That's already been decided. You're heaven bound. What we're talking about is God is going to evaluate you on how you lived your life. That's the accountability. Why is God doing it? Because he wants to reward you. It has to do with rewards here. Ephesians 5 says, Live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as one who don't know the meaning of life, but as those who do make the best use of your time. Prepare to give an account. Prepare to give an account. That one, if you understand that, that one should change how we live. Now there's one more category in this game, that I haven't talked about. Which one is it? Come on. Which category? I'm sorry? No? Let me entertain you. Ah, thank you. (laughs) Entertainment. 
every week before I step up here, every week as I'm working on the message for this week, there is a tremendous sense in my heart that eternity is in the balance. My team's not, my leadership knows it, that I talk about eternity being in the balance. Now, here's what I know, I guess, is I hope people, when they come here, enjoy their time here and that they enjoy coming to Faith Fellowship, but not because we're entertaining them. I hope they come because they're trying to figure things out. They, they want to grow in their relationship with God. That They find that being here helps them live a more godly life. It's not entertainment, though, but entertainment. I-N-N-E-R. Attainment. Inner attainment in life. Because, friends, one day we're going to give an account of how we used our time, our discretionary time, the time you have control over. And also, there's going to be an accounting of how you responded to life when it was out of your control, you know, when you, when you couldn't get a handle on it. And I would challenge you to ask yourself a few questions. Again, not trivial questions. These are heavy. Do you accept both the good and bad in your life as part of God's plan. Do you trust God when things are confusing? Do you you live in the present and try and do good now? You know, do you appreciate what you have and what you've been given? You know, Paul, or Solomon, gives us the, the 14 negatives and positives of life. I challenge you this week to sit down and Read through those. And, and here's the question I would ask you. Which season are you in right now? Because regardless of what you're going through, whichever season, here are four critical questions you ought to ask yourself all the time so that you can evaluate, so that you can make the most of every single moment that, that God's given you. First of all, what can I learn from this moment? What can I learn? You can always learn something. I know some of you are probably going, well, I learned I never want to go through this again. You know, well, there's always something more we can learn. Always. Here's the second question. What good can I do in this moment, this season? Maybe for someone else. You know, sometimes the only thing you can do is is praise God where you are. But that's doing good. That's doing good. Third question, what can I enjoy in this moment? In other words, how can I express uh, contentment? Even when things are falling apart, no matter how bad they are, there is always something good that you can find. What can I be grateful for? And here's the fourth question. How can I trust God in this moment? Here and now. Without faith, It's impossible to please God. How can we do that? Friends, if you put God at the center in your life, here's what happens. All the seasons, good, bad, ugly, rough, tough, tumbled, down, out, flying high, 
They become important. They become relevant. They become valuable. You know, Scripture says that today is the day of salvation. I mean, some of you, you've been thinking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you keep going, well, one of these days. And i got to tell you, if you're waiting for the perfect condition to do that, i got news for you, you'll never do it. Because there never is a perfect time. You know, I challenge you. There's some of you who need to take that step. You just need to take the step. You know, good or bad in life right now, you just need Christ by you. I don't know what season you're in, but I know that God has a purpose. And God will use it if you let him. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, I know that for some right now, that season, they're getting knocked silly. God, I pray that they would trust you, that they would see you in the midst of it. God, that you would sure them up, that you'd pull brothers and sisters around them. God, may we stay focused on you. God, I also know there's some life's going good right now. When things are good, they kind of drift away. God, I pray that they would keep their eyes focused on you, that you'd be their anchor. God, we thank you for these seasons. We thank you that you have a purpose in the midst of them. God, I pray that um, I know there are some here that They just need to be bold enough to step up and say, you know what, I want you as my Savior. God, I know you hear their prayers. I pray that you would help them take that step. They give you their hearts. God, we just praise you and we thank you for your love and care. Pray that you guide our steps, that you lead us, God, we look forward to the day we gather around your throne and celebrate. It's in Christ's holy name we pray.